0: to luke ten twenty seven. of course the title tonight is i love myself again tell your neighbor i love me some me i love me some me luke 10 27 i think it's important as we as women as we get together that we not just um love everybody else because we do that well right we love everybody else my god we will love a stranger won't we seriously if you think about it we have compassion and sympathy and we care but when it comes to loving ourselves i think that we all have to work on that me included so luke 10 27 says this it says he speaking of jesus answered them and said you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself if you're taking notes i want you to highlight this scripture says again, Luke ten twenty seven. you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us together, God. Thank you, Lord, that you have given me a word for your daughters. Father, I thank you, Jesus, that you are going to allow us all to be blessed, encouraged, strengthened. And Father, you will help us fall in love with ourselves more because we will fall in love with you more we just give you praise and glory in Jesus name. Amen. Anybody remember that song Oh How I Love Jesus? Let's sing it. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Okay, soprano. Yes! Give yourself a hand, praise! Hallelujah! <laughs> There's a joke I do with the kids after any song, I don't care if it's a secular song, I end it with, Hallelujah! It just makes it churchy. But isn't that a great song? Oh hi, I love Jesus, I love it, it's, it's, it's great, it's classic, but it is a, it's a simple song with a very profound message. And a very difficult message, and almost a message hard to understand. But yes, oh how I love Jesus, but why? Because he first loved me. In other words, we cannot love Jesus until we understand that he loved us first. And the love that we have for Jesus is only in us because we get the fact that he loved us first. No one wakes up in the morning and just decides to love Jesus. It's not until you realize that he loved you first. He loves us first. 1 John 4 19 is the scripture right here. We love him because he first loved us. I love Jesus. I love him. I know you love him, but it's only because I understand that Jesus loves me. And not only does he loves me, he loved me before I was lovable. Anybody give witness to that? Um, he had the ability to look down on our lives and see where we were, who we were, how we behaved, what we said, what we did. I'm talking about in the dark, what we did. He saw all that and still said, I love her. He was able to hear everything we said, all of our doubts and our fears and us cussing people out and even maybe even saying things to God that we should not say because we were angry, but he still looked and listened and said, I love her. And it's that love, that love that we all as women look for. All of us long to be loved. We want to be loved. We grow up wanting to be loved. When we're little girls, we can't wait to get loved. When we're small, we pretend that we're getting married, and we put little wedding gowns on and slips on our heads, right? And we're walking down the aisle all by ourselves, but there's an invisible man right there marrying us (laughs) with an invisible ring, with an invisible house. Now, we don't want that to happen now, praise the Lord. We need it to be real. But the point is that we grow up wanting to be loved. We want to be loved. We want someone to love us. We are desperately seeking for love from the moment we can start. When the time boys are chasing us around the playground, it feels good to think that you're valued, that you're wanted, and that you're loved. We all want to be loved. We want to be loved. And not only do we want to be loved, we want to give love away. I love how God made us as women. We love love. We love romantic comedies. We like little love stories. We watch the videos on Facebook of the proposals. Come on. We just get all mushy and love that stuff because we love love. But God gave us that love inside of us so we could love him first. And then, of course, he loves us. That's the proper right love. Um, you know, God is love. 1 John 4 and 8 says, he who does not love does not know God. For God is love. So that's a good thing. All of us want to be loved because we have a desire in our hearts, whether we know it or not, that we want God in our life. It's that missing piece, that God that we're looking for. And the reason why we want love is because God is love. He makes up all love, and that's what it is. It, anybody remember Purple Rain? Yes. Remember back in the it was that late 80s? Come on, somebody. It was a purple rain, Michael Jackson Prince battle. Remember? Okay, let me see T. Michael Jackson. Who was T. Michael? Okay. All right. Who was Team Prince? Yes. It was a battle, y'all, for my younger folks, my younger ladies. It was a battle back in the 80s. <laughs> you either liked one or the other. Come on. There was no gray. But we all remember seeing Purple Rain. Great movie. Love the movie. And of course, that's where we all fell in love with, with Prince, right? And remember he sung that song at the end? You, I would die for you. Remember, you remember that song? Remember? And I'm thinking, man, you know, of course the whole album was phenomenal, but that was like the jam. And, and then as a young girl, man, that's some deep love. You know, he would die for me, right? You think that's all great and wonderful that he would die. I mean, it's kind of weird, but hey, you know, it's amazing <laughs> that he would die for us. And you know the reason why we think that's the most strongest thing you could say, the most powerful thing you could do is because our Savior did that. He died for you. You, I would die for you. Not only would he, he did. I did die for you. That's what God says. Jesus says, I did die for you. Not that I would, but I did. Because that is the best way, the strongest way, the most passionate way that Jesus chose his love for us. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet mess-ups and while we were met just, just far from God and maybe didn't even want God, how about you were a little bit like me? You laughed at people that love Jesus because you thought they were weak. And how weak are they that they need a, a God to pray to And I'm good all by myself. Oh, Lord. While we were yet sinners, he still loved us. It's his everlasting love that draws us close to him. You realize that, right? Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, the Lord appeared to me, speaking of Jeremiah, and saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. And anytime the enemy tries to come into my mind to tell me that maybe God is not pleased with me or doesn't love me or isn't in love with me, I remember the scripture that, no, no, I'm loved with an everlasting love. That there's a love that cannot run out. It's everlasting. It does not stop. It continues over and over and over again. Matter of fact, it gets stronger day by day. Because our God is a God of increase. So woman of God, I want to tell you right now that God loves you with an everlasting love. Nothing you could do or say can ever change his love for you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. The word is clear, of course. Back to our key scripture that we are to love The Lord God, though, before we can ever find true love, we have to love the Lord God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind. And then we can love our neighbor as ourselves. Understand this, if you don't love the Lord with these areas, your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind, you'll never get to that place where you can love your neighbor as yourself because you will not love God until you love you enough. I understand that the God who loves you loves you and that love inside of you comes out and then guess what? You can love other people because you understand it's the love of God that has accepted you and how could you not give that away? See, some of you are here right now, I want to love you but realize this, I can't love you the right way until I love him and until I love him, I can't love you. And if you're struggling in your love walk and in your love for other people, it could be that there might not be a strong understanding of how much God loves you and therefore you just can't give out what you don't receive. The word is clear. We're to love with all of our heart, our mind, our soul. Our heart is not just a vital organ. You know that, right? It's not just something that pumps blood through our body. It is the heart, a seat of our emotions. It is the place where all of the issues flow. Come on now. Praise the Lord Jesus. Proverbs 4 and 23 tells us that we are to keep our heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Tell your girlfriend next to you, girl, sometimes I got issues. (laughs) Someone said, Girl. Sometimes we got issues. <laughs> and the Word says that we're to keep our heart because that's where the issues come from. If you've got issues, it's coming from your heart. And the Word says we're to diligently keep it, that we're to diligently walk over it, that we got to have a chit-chat with ourselves sometimes and tell that heart, okay, i got to watch over you because the heart is tripping. I-, I think it's good to ask yourself, am I tripping today? And I guarantee 99% of the time the answer is yes. It's the heart. It's the heart. The heart is also the place of secrets. Um, Psalm 44 and 22 says, would not God search this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Psalm 44 and 21, those secrets, our secrets lie in our heart. And I'm not necessarily talking about the good, happy, holy secrets. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about those weird thoughts, ideas, desires, and passions. Don't look at me like I'm the only one. You know, sometimes we have weird thoughts. Anybody been in church and had a weird thought? I mean, you are in the house in the most odd thought. Like, what? No, I wouldn't do that. At least not today. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the heart. It's the heart. It's just, and it's okay. It's the heart. It's our, the, the word makes it clear that the heart is just plain evil. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah 17 and 9 says the the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who could know it and I think it's really important that I remind you all women of God that the heart is just a jacked up nasty place that's why when people say oh I'm gonna follow my heart I get very scared or I listen to my heart I get really frightened why would you listen to something that's deceitful and evil and who can even figure that out tell me the spirit your spirit led I'm with that that all day but please don't say I'm gonna follow my heart because I'm like, oh, you're following wicked and nastiness. That's what the word says. Okay? All right? It's deceitful. Who should know it? And it also says the heart pushes us to do things we should not do. It's the heart that pushes us to do things we should not do. Mark seven twenty-one and 23 says, For from within, out of the heart of man, Proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come with from within a man and defile a man. My point of saying all this is that it's the heart that those things come from. And I think it's important that we understand it's the heart. It's the heart, not the beating heart, but the setup of our emotions. It's emotional the evil thoughts and desires and fornications and adulteries come on those are all stirred up out of emotions but God says that with all that mess in your heart I need you to love me with all of it oh that, see that's powerful God sees the heart and with all of those issues he says can you please love me with all of your issues and all of your evil thoughts can you love me with all that can you, love, can, can you go ahead and say, God, you can take my heart with all of it messed up? And he still says, good, I've got it. Now, love me more than that. Love me more than your own desires. Love me more than your own passions. Love me more than your own thoughts. Lo- love me more. He doesn't say come to me with a perfected heart. That never happens, right? And then it says we're to love him with all of our soul, all of our soul. And this is just my foundation for you all. We love him with all of our soul. Our souls, the seat of our emotions. You know that. Emotions are not bad. It's good to feel. Emotions are good. We serve a God that's full of emotions. He says, praise the Lord, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Give God a shout. You know, God loves emotions, but it's when we cannot manage our emotions is when it becomes a problem. Um, emotional, we, you know, God, God wants us to be emotionally engaged in life. That's why depression and oppression is such a foul spirit, because what that does is it depresses or oppresses your feelings to the point that you don't care anymore. There's nothing more dangerous than a woman who is numb. As a woman, if you say, I don't, I don't care anymore, and you really don't feel anything, I'm worried. When Pastor and I were going through our issues, and I was at my wit's end, and he did something else again, and I just looked at him and said, I really don't care. He looked scared, because <laughs> I really didn't care. And when you don't care, come on, ladies, we just don't care. That means I don't love you anymore, Right? I don't care what you do, you're not going to move me. But God doesn't want us to be emotionally numb. He wants us to feel. That's part of this abundant life is to feel. But we need to manage our emotions and let, and let our emotions be Christ-driven. First Peter 5, 6, and 11, it says this. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. This is how, ladies, we manage our emotions. We manage our emotions by casting our cares, our fears, our anxieties onto Jesus. Do you realize that our God literally wants you to give, to just dump all on him? He is saying, please give me the issue. I believe there's women here right now that have been toiling with something and feel burdened down by something. And the whole time God is like, can you please just give that to me? Because it's too much for you to carry, and I've just been following you around with a little bucket, waiting for you to go ahead and throw all this stuff. Amen. So that's how you manage your emotions. If it gets, if you get, um, if you find yourself up at night pacing the wall, pacing the floor, and it's too much, I wonder when the last time you said, "God, will you please take this anxiety for me?" God, go ahead and take this worry. I cannot hold it anymore. I'm going to cast my cares, and when you cast your cares upon the Lord, you feel freer and you're not emotionally a basket case anymore. We're to love the Lord with all of our strength, and I love this, all of our strength, because we as women, we love hard. When we love you, we love you, come on. I'm talking that stir-crazy, fatal-attraction love that nothing is gonna separate me. (laughs) Not from the love of Christ always, but from that man, right? Nothing will separate me but with all of our strength, that you really don't care what you go through, but you make it up in your mind that I'm going to stay with this person no matter what, no matter what I go through, I'm going to stay and I'm not going to let go. Like, you're strong. Like, I will fight you strong. Did you guys see the football player that he let the, the baby mama and the girlfriend fight on the video? Did you guys see that? Yeah, he, he went ahead. See, the NFL people are getting smart. They don't hit the women anymore. They just let the women hit the women. I'm, I'm totally kidding. That was terrible. We're chivalry, right? The lady's ready to fight, she's ready to rock and roll, and he just kind of puts his hands up, backs away. She kicks off her shoes, just goes to town, just beats her down. And the whole time he's kind of watching like, ooh, ooh, you know. My point is, that's some strong love. Okay. BC! Oh, come on, don't act like back in the day you would not fight for your boyfriend or your man. Please! I'm talking before Kingdom in the Valley Christian Church on 19th Avenue and Cactus. Don't tell me you didn't take your earrings off once or twice. You're like, I'll beat him. I won't say the word. See? See how quick I almost went back? (laughs) Strong love. God wants us to love us with that kind of strength. (laughs) Trying to fix it. We are to love him with all of our mind, all of our intellect, all of our thoughts, our intellect, our thoughts, our intellect. How many of you here think you're pretty smart? That's okay. I think I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty smart. Yes. Amen. We got to love him with all that smartness because realize that the the foolishness of God is wiser than us, right? But it's good to know that we're, we're, we're smart, that we're intellectually sound, that when things don't make sense, I can put my intellect in the hands of Jesus and say, God, I trust you more than what my intellect says. I trust you more than my logic says. I trust you more than my math says. Come on, my math, my addition, my multiplication. Y'all be, y'all be adding them bills up. Praise the Lord. You got to love him more than that. <laughs> he says we are to love the Lord God with all our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, and, and all of that. And once we make the decision that God loves us in those crucial areas of our life, then we can say, I will love my neighbor as myself. Do you see the order? Amen. What I will love my neighbor as myself. It's a good indication how much you love you and how you treat other people. You can look at how you treat other people and make a good determination, do I really love me? Because if I really loved me, I wouldn't have all these issues and fears and anxieties and weird thoughts with strangers. I don't even know you, but I don't like you. I don't know why. It's because in here, something's off and that's OK. We're going to work through it today. We're going to work through it tonight. There's a divine order that God set in motion. I want us all as women of God to follow. I'm, I, I can't love you. I can't love you until I love me and I can't love me until I love him. I'm going to say that again because I really want you to write that down, OK? I can't love you until I love me and I can't love me until I love him. I can't love you until I love me and I can't love me until I love him. One more time, I can't love you until I love me, and I can't love me until I love him. When you love yourself, you've received the love of Jesus. And when you receive the love of Jesus, you realize what good and bad relationships are. When you love Jesus, you begin to know your worth. You begin to decide what you're gonna take in your own personal life. You're gonna know that you deserve better. You know, today I was listening to the radio and, um, you know Jordan Sparks? We love Jordan Sparks. Remember the American Idol from here? Yes, love her. She, she, she broke up with Sage the Gemini, y'all. It's spiritual, it's getting there. Sa- Sage the Gemini is a singer. Same thing. He's a rapper. Jason Darula was a singer. That didn't work out. Praise the Lord. And he's what? Okay. Oh, he's got a girlfriend? Well, whatever. That's messing up my story. So so Jordan now is with Sage the Gemini. And Sage the Gemini was posting publicly, you know, how much he misses her. And he loves her. And he wants her back. He's like, oh, my gosh, I was stupid. And you were there for me when I was sick. And you were there for me in the middle of the night. And whenever I needed you, you were there. And he's publicly, this man, this carnal man, is publicly begging for this girl back. But what happened today was the ex-girlfriend recorded a phone conversation of Sage Gemini basically talking mess about Jordan and saying that he can't stand her. And sometimes he feels like stabbing her. Yes, that's what I said. Because he, he doesn't like her. And he's like, you know, and I, I never would run her back. And those are just pictures and blah, blah, blah. But now he's trying to say, well, that's just, she was trying to say that. and get Because I did think, why did she record the phone call? I thought that was pretty shady. But as women do. Praise the Lord. And, and, but my, here's my point. Jordan realized I deserve better because the radio said, oh, take them back. But she's saying, no, 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 no. And I said, go ahead, girl, because something within her told her, uh-uh, you ain't going to talk crazy about me and treat me bad because I value who I am. I love myself. And there's five aspects of self-hatred I want to get into today just to talk about these five points. There was really 17, but for sake of time, (laughs) we shall do five. Because you realize that's the opposite. And again, I don't believe anybody here hates themselves, but I do believe that the enemy will come back and present things back to us that we've been delivered from. And I want to make sure that we don't go into those traps or receive lies from the enemy as we sometimes do, just being women trying to make it in this world. Praise Jesus. Five aspects of self-hatred. People who struggle loving themselves find themselves often doing these things. Number one, having a self-defeated mind. That's the first thing, having a self-defeated mind. Second thing, failing to take action. That's my second point, failing to take action. Third, hiding from emotions. Hiding from emotions. Fourth thing, refusing help from others. Refusing help from others. And my last thing, sabotaging relationships. And this can go knowingly and unknowingly. Those are the five things I want to hit on tonight of what I want to make sure are gutted out of our lives as self-hatred behaviors because we are going to love the Lord with all of our mind, soul, strength, and all that good stuff, right? And we're going to love our neighbor, but we're going to get this stuff out of us so we can love properly in the right way God chose us to do it, uh, chose us to love. I want you to understand that these behaviors, these five points, don't just pop up because of family history, it's not cultural all the time. It is literally spiritual battle that go on in our life. And all of us deal with some, and all of us deal with one. But we're going to go ahead and just get rid of it tonight. Um, Having a self-defeated mindset, meaning that you're never going to ever overcome, it will never get better, that everything you do will fail, and you just can't make it, and you're always the last one on the totem pole, and you're always the one overlooked, and no one ever likes you, and no one's going to give you the promotion. And every time you try to take 10 steps forward, you take 30 steps back. And all this stuff that we say out of habit... That we, we don't even realize we're saying it. It's habitual that when things are going too good, you start looking for the bad because you think, wait, it's been too good for two days. So that means one negative has to come to balance out the life. Re- that's not Christian living. Our God loves when we are successful. He he likes that the word tells us that he enjoys the prosperity of the servant. He likes when we do things well and when things are going good. But if you have a self-defeated mindset, you could possibly be always saying that there's going to be a failure. That it's not going to work out. That it might be okay for a little bit, but we got to see. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your mind, your mind, your mind matters. Tell your neighbor your mind matters. Another thing, failing to take action, the lie of it Of an it is what it is mentality. I cannot stand that statement, it is what it is. I'm gonna say it again, I hate that statement, it is what it is. Are you telling me right now that you and your sanctified, safe self have the nerve to think that your subject, your, your situation is not subject to change? All of us in here, in a moment, God can change a situation. He can make a horrible situation become glorious in like 32 seconds. So who are we to say it is what it is? No, it is not. Everything we encounter, everything we face can change in a moment. That we can begin to pray and God can flip that thing quicker than you can say it is what it is. And I really honestly get angry when I hear women just settling for situations. We are not to settle, woman of God. We are to fight. And we are to say, no, things are going to change and things are going to get better. And I can change my condition in Jesus' name next time you hear it is what it is you tell that woman of god no 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 no, god can change anything we serve a god that cannot fail he is the god of the miraculous he is a supernatural god he can look at your situation from heaven and change things on earth it is what it is the devil is a lie things get better i'm gonna say it again things get things will get better it might be a bad chapter right now, but that chapter has got to change. It cannot say bad. Hiding from emotions. Hiding from emotions. I don't need nobody in my life. I don't need any love. I'm good all by myself. I don't feel anything. Hiding from emotions. Oh, I'm not going to cry. That's weakness. Only the weak cry. I'm too strong. I don't know who you're trying to prove that to. We all see your lip quivering. Refusing, refusing help from others, too prideful to ask for help. I got this. No, you don't, because you look crazy. <laughs> I don't need any help. I'm, I, you realize that's pride? That pride stops you from saying, I need some help. My single moms are getting together. Let someone know you need some help. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not going to think less of you. We're going to think, man, that's a good thing. That you're okay to say, I need some help. I I need help. Um, Sabotaging relationships. I wonder how many trail of broken relationships are in this room. I'm talking relationships that were good. I'm not talking about the Ray Ray and all them. I'm talking about good ones. (laughs) How many good relationships, good friendships? Yeah, your girlfriend, she made a mistake, but she still wanted to be your friend. But you just left that hanging. You just went away from that. How about it was too good? It was so good, it was weird. She must want something. So I'm going to back on away because she probably wants my man. No, we really don't want him. (laughs) Trail of broken relationships. We need relationships. We need relationships. (laughs) So with all those things right there, we're going to talk about the life of Rahab. I love Rahab. You know Rahab's story. Rahab, Pastor Quote talks about Rahab all the time. We love her, but her story is very in-depth. And there's a lot that goes on in her world. And you know what? I believe she was a woman that did not love herself. She didn't love herself. How do I know that? Because she was a prostitute. Amen. Um, come on, I'll say it again. She didn't love herself because she was a prostitute. There's no way you can degrade yourself and love yourself. There's no way. There's no way. Remember last week, lips, hips, and fingertips were more than that. There's no way you can swing on a pole and think that you, you're loving yourself because you're so beautiful. No, something in there is not working because our, we're, 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 our bodies are to be sacred, right? Right, I mean, we, we, have, we should keep that to whomever we are husbands, right? It shouldn't be for everybody to see. You know, um, You know, I, I believe that Rahab is a great woman to look at. And I'm not going to read her story, but it's found in Joshua 2, 1 through 12. Write that down, ladies, because remember, we're Bible scholars. So seriously, write that down. You're going to study that this week. Joshua 2, 1 through 12 read the whole story it's about Rahab hiding the spies and again Rahab I believe had a very self-defeated mindset it was self-defeated I I believe that Rahab was a woman that you know had an is what it is mentality maybe Rahab thought it was too much to go get an application fill it out wait for a boss to call you back for a second interview and then once you get the job work on their schedule and have a manager and maybe she's like forget all that I could just make money on my own I don't need anybody to be with me. Maybe, maybe Rahab was like, you know what, I, 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 don't, I don't need to be in any type of relationship because all the relationships I had before were messed up anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and hide from my emotions because there's no way that a woman can lay down with a man and not be emotionally connected. There, it, it's dysfunctional if you can lay down with a man and have no emotional connection. I'm, I'm going to say that again. That's dysfunctional. If you can lay down with a man, have sex with that man, and have no emotional connection, somewhere along your line of life, something was broken. It was broken off. Maybe you were eight years old and molested. That's where it happened. Maybe you were 16 and it was a date rape. That's where it happened. Something happened to where you emotionally shut down when you're intimate with somebody. That's the only way you could do that over and over again and have no relationship and have no, come on, people. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? There's no way, there's no way. This is a woman that that I believe that Rahab just had all kinds of broken relationships because it's hard to be in relationships when you're doing the thing. In fact, you don't want to be in relationships. And you, you definitely don't want to be emotionally connected. You don't want to be, and you definitely don't have anything to do with God, and you just don't love yourself. Do you realize, ladies, that our bodies are gifts? You know, and I, I'm serious about this right now. If you're single in here and there's somebody that you are having premarital sex with or you're fornicating or shacking or whatever you want to call it, um, and, and he doesn't not value you, please know that you are valuable, that, that you have what he needs. Amen. I, I, was, I was driving here thinking about that, that sometimes we, sometimes we as women think, oh, well, just the man and the man. No, no, no. We can, if you're single, you should keep that on lockdown. And, and, and then let's see how much he loves you. Because you're, you, what you give away is a good thing. I need to hear some more amens in the house of that. And you should be like, no, no, no. You can't just, you can't just take me and do what you want with me and then tell me one day you may marry me. You know, no, no, I, I, I love myself too much to do that. I have too much value and self-worth, and I'm not going to allow you to keep on being in, intimate with me, but yet you won't I love me enough to put a ring on my finger and give me your last name and help me out with these kids. Come on. It's time for us to no longer be self-defeated, even women of God, too, that are married. Yes, you're his wife, but everything's not free, that's all I'm gonna say. Not you got not that you have to earn it or anything like that, but the more you do, the more I do. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so Rahab here she is a prostitute a woman that's living in this land her house is right by the gates and the spies come in of course these are the, the great men of God that come in that's to spy out the land because they're going to take the land over the land that God said they were to take and they come in this area and they go into Rahab's house the word of God is clear they hide in Rahab's house they go in her house and hide why because apparently Rahab a lot of traffic going in and out and didn't look suspicious this is how you should read the Bible like me a lot of traffic going in and out. No one's paying any attention. <laughs> so it's a safe place to go. The spies go in. They're smart. They want to hide there. And, and, and Rahab recognizes who these men of God are. She recognizes who they are. She understands who they are. And so when the soldiers come to her house because they're looking for the spies, Rahab says, you know what? They're not, they were here for a moment, but they left. They went down this way the whole time. She knows that they're upstairs. Now now listen to this, they didn't make that deal beforehand. She was already thinking. She was already forward thinking. She was a woman that said, okay, I'm about to use this for my benefit because I think there was a shift that happened in Rahab's house because if you read the story, she goes to the spies and says, I've heard about you all. I've heard about your God. I've heard about what's happening and how you guys take land and kick butt and take names. And then I wonder, who was in the house telling the stories of what the man of God were doing. Don't you wonder that? There was other men of God telling the, "Come on, y'all. They're just having dinner talking about this OK. So she's listening, she's listened. And so I believe that as she heard the stories in the house that something happened within her because she was a Canaanite woman, meaning that she was an idol worshiper. She did not not love the God of Israel or the God that we serve. She was a, a, a worshiper of pagan gods, but she heard people talking about this big God, the real God, the loving God, the living God, the true God, and it got attached to her. That's why we have to be always knowing That no matter where we are and what we say, there's somebody listening and paying attention to the words that we're saying. There's somebody on your job or in your neighborhood or down the street from you or in the grocery store that are listening to the good things you're saying about God and how the Lord has done great things in your life and how he has defeated things and that he's an overcomer and you just don't know what seeds are being planted because I believe that Rahab had seeds planted in her heart and she knew, wait a minute, there is a way of escaping here and I'm not going to settle for death. I'm not going to settle for spiritual death first and then natural death later. I believe she made up in her mind, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this because I'm really tired of living like I'm living. Because we all know that's true, right? None of us really like living a poor, low life. You get tired of being used and abused. You get tired of being treated like a piece of meat and a piece of trash. You get tired of that over time. And I believe that's where she was. And so here she is. I believe Rahab, because the seed that was sown by words that are being spoken, she began to stop hating herself. And I believe she began to love herself. And I can prove it in the scripture. Remember I pointed out those five things we do when we hate ourselves? She began to do the opposite, showing that she actually loved herself and not in any order. Let me tell you this, Rahab didn't have a self-defeated mindset anymore. I believe that when she was a prostitute, she realized that this is what I'm going to be and this is all I'm going to be. But because of the hope that was coming, the hope of God and his people coming to defeat the enemy, the hope that came, she said, oh, you know what, I, I believe that these spies can deliver me. Now, anybody been in that place where you know, you felt, you know, I feel like I can be delivered finally. I'm not just in church. I'm not just saved. I'm not just worshiping. But I believe that I can be delivered. I believe I can be set free. Be- being delivered is different than salvation. Salvation is free, and it's the, the way God loves us and he shows us his love. And we say, Jesus, Your mind." He says, yes. But being delivered means the thing that has had me bound, the thing that's had me in chains, the thing that has had me all balled up, God can deliver you. Joshua 2.10, this is what Rahab says, Joshua 2.10, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about the Red Sea experience, that's enough for me to live for Jesus the rest of my life, especially during that time where it actually happened. I mean, it would have been on CNN, HLN. It, it would have been on the news, Channel 10, Fox 10. Uh, Troy Aikman would be right there. Listen, this sea just dried up and the soldiers were. I mean, it would be news right now. And I don't know about you, but that would change my heart in a moment because that was amazing how God allowed the seed apart and the people to get through. And when the enemy came through, it crashed on them. So she said, I heard that you dried up the Red Sea. In other words, she says, I've heard that your God is a deliverer. Psalm 34 and 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them, him out of them all. Many are the afflictions, many are the troubles we face, ladies, day to day. But let me tell you, the Lord delivers you out of them all. Matter of fact, if you saw yourself in a bad situation two weeks ago and somehow today you're out of it, let me tell you, God delivered you from that situation. Things didn't happen. It didn't just pan out. Our God is a deliverer, meaning that he will shift you from one place to another place. He will break things down and off of your life because he is a deliverer. So Rahab said, listen, my mind's about to shift and be changed because I know your God is a deliverer and I need some deliverance in my life. And so Rahab didn't fail to take action anymore either. Rahab, um, she went ahead and made a deal. Joshua 2 and 12, it says this. This is what Rahab says. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I've shown you kindness, that you will also show me kindness to my father's house and give me a token. Rahab says this because, remember, she hid the spies. She hid them. The king people came. She said she didn't know where they were. She went to the spies and said, listen, I did you a favor. Now do me a favor. I love that attitude. She wasn't ashamed about it either. She's like, listen, I just hooked y'all up without you even asking. So I'm going to need you to do something for me right now. I'm going to take action, and I'm going to go ahead and move when people might say not to move. Do you realize that we, people of God, we have to move by faith? She didn't even realize what she was doing, but she was stepping out by faith. She, this, these people could have killed her. They could have tore up the whole house. But she said, no, I need you to do something for me. Uh, listen, the word says this in James 2 and 20. It says, but do you want to know, a foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Rahab was in a bad situation, woman of God, but she decided, oh, I'm going to change my circumstance. I'm going to change things. And look, I love this right here, James 2, 25 through 26. It says this specifically, James 2, 25 and 26. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Verse 26, for as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. Here it is in the New Testament, Testament, still using Rahab's story of her moving out in faith, by faith, not fear, but by faith. She didn't refuse to take action. She's like, I'm going to go ahead and move. And even though I know this God may not accept me and this God may not like me, and I definitely don't like this God, but I like what God is doing. And that's enough for me to say, by faith, I need you to do something in my life. And here it is again, Rahab no longer hid her emotions. Remember, I believe she was an emotionless woman, but it says here in Joshua 2 and 8, she says this to the men, now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, Rahab said to them, I know the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Here she is, she goes to these men, these spies, and says, listen, all of us are terrified, including me. I'm terrified. Me, the woman who doesn't feel anything, I'm terrified. The woman who doesn't feel any type of relationship from anybody, I'm terrified. I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm concerned. You know, a lot of times we're taught that that is wrong to feel or say those things, but there's nothing wrong with confessing that and opening your mouth and say, God, I'm scared. I'm terrified. I'm worried. I'm not sure. But God, I'm going to trust you anyway and know that you're going to help me out in time of trouble. It's okay to feel the emotions of your situation. It's okay to say, God, I have no idea what you're doing right now. It's okay to say, God, I'm kind of mad at you because I think you're tripping because you've been taking too long to bless me, God. I'm really frustrated with you, but I'm not going to turn my back on you, and I'm not going to stop loving you, and I'm going to keep on praising you, and I know you're going to do something for me. I'm terrified, but I'm not fearful, and there's a difference. You can be terrified, but not fearful, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, meaning that, God, I'm going to trust you even when I don't know how or when or what you're going to do. So Rahab shifted again. She shifted again. She didn't mind taking help from others. Pride was out the window. This is a woman who made her own living, could take care of herself. She didn't want to work for nobody, Remember? She was taking care of herself, but finally she said, listen, y'all, I'm going to need your help because I know you're about to wreck shop and you're about to kill everything I've been here, but I need you to help me. Oh, God, isn't that, that's a powerful word, woman of God, for you to say, I need you to help me. I, I just need someone to help me. I can remember when we started the ministry a while back, I was just frustrated and just overwhelmed with life because I had five kids. Well, I still have five kids. Five kids, a growing church, a husband, not in itself. praise the Lord. You know, I've got all these things going on, and I had to go be at a baseball game and, a, and a, a basketball game and get some snacks. and do My kids were little. All kinds of things. All these things to do. And I sat in the middle of the Walmart parking lot, and I, I cried because I, I had to do like eight things in the next hour. But mind you, for about two years, I had people in my world, Pastor Kelly, if you need me, just call. If you need anything, just call. If you need anything, just call. If you need me, I'm here, just call. And all of a sudden, I started hearing that play in my head. And I'm like, I've got like eight people that I can literally just pick up my phone and just, and that's what I did. And from that day, I realized it's okay to have people help you. You're not less of a woman because you're not doing, you know, much. Praise the Lord. Pride sometimes has to go out the window. Rahab, lastly, didn't sabotage relationships. She was motivated by relationships. Rahab, the one who had no connections, right? But Joshua 2.13, she says this, and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sister, and all they have... And deliver our lives from death. Here it is, Rahab, the prostitute that was probably emotionally selfish. Says, Can you take care of everybody though? Can you look over everybody? Can you look over everybody? And then Joshua 21, 2 and 21, she says, This, according to your word, so it will be. And she sent them away. The spies, they made the deal. The spies said, Listen, we're gonna do this for you, but here's the deal: you're gonna throw out a red scarlet rope out your window. And verse 21 says, she sent them away, and they departed. And the word says, and she bound the scarlet cord to the window. Not she waited till they came to tear up everything. Not that she was waiting until they gave word back that they're on their way. That very moment, she took that piece of scarlet, put it out of her window. Now listen, this woman was looking out for her family. She was looking out for her family. I believe this whole process because I think she found love the love of God somewhere in this interaction? Because she found that love, she was able to love her neighbor. Everybody in the house, protect everybody. Come on, y'all. Every man for himself, right? No, not, not when you love your neighbor like yourself. When you love your neighbor like yourself, you consider everybody else that is attached to you. And that's what happened to her. Protect everybody. And then the most important thing, she threw that red scarlet out and said, and right away, she didn't wait. That means a lot to me, because some of us will contemplate and think about the deal we made with the Lord. And we'll say, okay, well, God, I'm going to do it for you, but tomorrow. Or I'm going to do it for you, but on Sunday. But no, she took it immediately and put it out there. And I bet you that people were wondering what, is, what kind of special does she have today? <laughs> with... <laughs> it's a special. And they had no idea that Rahab, the harlot, Rahab, the whore, Rahab, the emotional-less emotional woman, Rahab, the one with a bad reputation, Rahab, the one that probably had, you know, nasty attitude, and who knows what she had, you know, w- w- literally what she could, praise the Lord. Rahab. <laughs> Rahab put out a visible sign of agreement. And relationship to an invisible God. And that's what God still asked for us to do. We still, you realize the scarlet rope represented the blood of Jesus. And you know, his blood is there's no greater sign of love. Remember, I will die for you? That blood was on display for all to see because God says, I love you and I can deliver you, and I can set you free, and I can remove things from you. If you could just allow the word, his word, to be attached to your life. He says, listen, I'm still the same God. I'm still the same God. And, of course, Rahab, you know the story how it ends. She ends up marrying an Israelite man, and they have Boaz. We all love Boaz. Can I give an amen? We just love, love hunting some Boaz. I've been waiting for you. You guys know that song? But the word said he was a man of God. He was a successful man. The word says he was a man with integrity. The word says that he was a man that everybody valued his opinion and they knew how to rule and run that house. And back in that day, the mama raised the kids. So it sounds like Rahab did her a good job. That she taught her son to love the Lord and to take care of your business. And that when a little girl comes and sleeps at your feet, that don't mean you take advantage of her. Amen. My Bible people know what I'm talking about. And for sake of time, I'm going to end here. But listen, that tells me that no matter what I've been through and how I was raised or what mistakes I did, I don't have to give that to my next generation. Amen. I, I can teach my daughters to not be like me. I can teach my daughters to be better than me. So Luke 22:7 20, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. We have to love ourselves. And honestly, this message means a lot to me because everything that I talked about, self-defeated mindset, failure to take action, hiding your emotions, getting help from others, sabotaging relationships, we all, I all, me, us together, we go through this. I don't care how high you are, how low you are, where you serve in the ministry, how long you've been loving Jesus. These things come back to haunt and can try to kill us if we let it. You know, last week I was having some health issues. And I'm just being led by the Spirit to share this with you all. Because I believe sometimes that, um, well, no, I know this for a fact, we are overcomers by our testimony right? We, we, we overcome. And I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. But last week I was having some problems and I was having some issues and I've been coughing for like six months. Y'all that see me cough and have a little cough for about half a year. And, um, you know, I don't have time to go to the doctor. Praise the Lord. I'm confessing. I have no time. And, um, I'm feeling like kind of bad and then my chest was hurting me really bad and I I woke up the next morning and I said to pastor, I have to go to the doctor because I have pneumonia. I need some antibiotics because I got to study and get ready because I got this and this and this and this and And my whole world is so busy. I have so much to do and I got to get it all done and I got to do it for Jesus. And I went to the urgent care and they took x-ray and took an EKG and they sent me to the ER and I said, okay, well, I went to the ER, ER room and sat there and they did another EKG and um, the doctors came in, and they said, well, um, we can't say if you did or didn't have a heart attack. This was last week. And so they checked me in the hospital, and I'm like, okay, well, praise the Lord. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be all right. And, 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 then, and then I'm sitting there, and I realized that sometimes we as women put so much on our lives And we do so much, 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 and we do so much that we forget that, well, if we're not here to do it, it can't get done. Right? So this is the good news. And I thought about this during worship. Because pastors and I are very private, especially when it comes to medical stuff. Because we know you're for you, but there are some that always aren't. But those people, you're not in here. And if you are, you're rebuked in Jesus' name. But sometimes as I'm sitting there in worship I'm like God, you know what? They couldn't say if it was or wasn't. They couldn't say it was that that's a miracle. That that's a miracle. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Because they could have said You had a heart attack But because I believe that our God is sovereign and he's a healer and he's a deliverer and that we fight he fights for us That they didn't know what it was But while I was in worship, I said God I, pr- I finally got the revelation. Okay, God you divinely intervened and protected me on February 15, 2016 on what the enemy might have set up for a devastating moment. You sent angels to my bedroom and said, no, 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 no. You cannot have her. She will not die. She will live to declare the work of the Lord no issue she's healed in Jesus name and right now I just want to personally give my God praise and glory for what he has done I believe I have been delivered thank you Jesus I've been delivered but you know what I better get help from others you hear me I better be getting help from others. I better not be too prideful to say it's too much. You hear me? I'm being examined before you. I better stop hiding my emotions. No, I'm actually tired today. Come on, you know we do. Oh, I'm good, I'm good. No, no, no. You have not slept in about two months because you're so overwhelmed with the weight of the ministry and the kids and all the good things. Have you? Not bad things, good things. Good things can keep you up at night too. Come on. And I say that to you, on of God, stop hiding your emotions. If you're tired, you just say, it's okay, I'm tired today. If you need to take a break, you take a break today. But you get back up, don't be defeated. Just say, I'm gonna take a break for a little bit. I'm not defeated, but I'm gonna take some time off for a minute. And I need help. Tell your kids, you better stop helping me in the house. I'm serious, wash some clothes, do the dishes. You take the trash out. No, I'm picking you up to take you to Johnny's house. I don't struggle in my mind, but if you struggle in your mind, you tell the devil, no, you are a lie. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a plan for my life. This is not in for me. It is not over. God's going to do something great in my life. I have no doubt that God is going to do an amazing thing. The moment they told me what they did in the hospital, I said, oh, well, you're rebuked in Jesus' name. Right away, I, the doctor probably thought I was talking to him because I said, oh, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I went to, I was talking to the devil. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. But I'm not going to be foolish and not take advantage and not live the word I preach to you all. So all of us right now, hands up. Father, I thank you, Lord. First of all, God, I thank you for my life and my health. And I thank you, God, as I see specialists tomorrow, they will find nothing wrong. And if it is something wrong, God, it'll be so quick. It'll just be quick and easy. Father, thank you that my blood came back perfect and that there's no blockages or tumors or anything in my body. Thank you that my CAT scan was perfect, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That whatever this is or was is gone in Jesus' name. And, Father, I speak that same healing over your entire house. That these two, these women here, have miracles going on right now in their life. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are powerful. You're so powerful, we're not ashamed to say you're going to do it and that it will get done in Jesus' name. And Father, thank you that you're going to help us to not fail to take action, but you are going to give us wisdom to take action, God. Thank you that we're going to go to our checkups and our physicals in Jesus' name, that we're going to work out and take care of our bodies in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, that we're not going to hide our emotions, Father. We're not going to be weak women, but God, the word says we are the weaker vessel, and we are okay to say, Father, I need to just take some time off and a step back, God, and you lead and guide me. You guide us on what we should take on and what we shouldn't. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that we'll receive help from others. All the people you've placed in our lives, Father, that we will ask for help and receive it, good help in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that there'll be no more sabotage relationships in this place, that broken relationships are over right now in the name of Jesus. And I believe there's a woman in God right now that has a good friend, but that friend seems to be going away or you're pushing her away. In Jesus' name, do not push that woman of God away. She has something that you need, And you need to go ahead and just go, not be fearful, but be attached to her because God cares about relationships. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I was transparent with you all. And my transparency is because I know I'm healed. And so I'd ask right now that maybe you can be transparent with the Lord. And if there's anything that you want to bring to the altar, and I know it's 8.39. Or maybe you can even stand there if there's something, because I believe in surrendering. I think it's good to say, God, I surrender this to you. If there's something within you that you know you need to give up, mindset, sabotage, relationships, the whole the whole thing I went through, I want us just to be bold enough to just take a moment. Let's just take a minute. And let that happen okay so hands up if that's you if not just pray for somebody else father i just thank you lord god that your women are here and you know exactly what they deal with you know what they are you know what they you know what they struggle with father and i thank you lord god that right now your holy spirit is moving through this place and that you are touching these women god And that you are taking, finally, for the first time for some women, you're taking the burden, the anxiety, the issue, the stress, you're taking it from them right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, God, that these women are going to be set free, that they have clarity of mind, that, Father, your peace is even filling their bodies right now, God, as they surrender and release the issues, the problems, the struggles, the doubts, the fears, the worry. God, they give them to you right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord God, for freedom that is in this house. Freedom is in this house. Father, I even speak this, that as they drive home, some will begin to weep in their car because they will see for the first time that they are truly free. Father, for your word says, "Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I thank you, Lord God, that they have not cried in so long because they believe the lie that emotionalism is bad. But God, it will be tears of joy, God, that are going to stream down their face, that they will have a heart of flesh again that they'll be able to feel. And I thank you, Lord God, that these things are being done. We speak healing over this house, physical, emotional, mental healing, God, even spiritual healing in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that we as women will give give, give you more praise and more glory because we know we are strong in you, that we have no doubt in you, and that no weapon, 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 no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just praise you and thank you. You may be here, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is the best time to give your heart to Jesus. I tell you, life makes sense.